Amen and amen. Let's pray. God, we just um, come to you and we ask that thrones would fall. We ask that those in power in Russia, the United States, in Canada, in every country in the world who are rising up against you, God, and your ways, Lord, I pray that they would fall and they would bow their knee to Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the King of peace. Always has been, always will be. And Lord, I pray today that most of all, most importantly, he be the king in our lives, in my life. God, I pray that you would just powerfully speak to us as we've been saying things to you and proclaiming our great praise. We need to hear from you, God. We ask that you would, you would just be the one preaching today. You be the one with your voice because you are the word of God. And we pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And God's people said, amen and amen. Well, it's great to see so many of you here today, especially those who haven't seen in a while or some new faces. Thanks for joining us. Have you heard about my Jesus? Have you heard about my Jesus? Let me tell you about him. But in order to do so, we need to know what happened before he came into our lives. Thanks, Jay and the whole worship team for helping us walk through. And let me just remind you that God made the universe. God made the universe. All the stars and the sun and the moon. He also made the earth and everything in it. He made the birds and the fish and all the animals. God even made odd creatures like the platypus and the naked mole rat and the eye-eye with that long finger that's about the long length of a, a COVID swab. Except it's not going up the nose, it's going into a tree to get some insects. He also made the 13 lying ground squirrel. Now, we haven't seen too many 13 lying ground squirrels around here, but when I used to live in, in Illinois, they would dig up your lawn. And it wasn't until yesterday I, I learned some of the glorious, redemptive aspects of a, of a 13 lying ground squirrel that I always thought was a pest. Did you know that they just, scientists just learned that 13 lying ground squirrels recycle their urine with nitrogen so that its muscle mass is not lost during hibernation. Isn't that amazing? Like only God can come up with these things. God also, though, made humans. The first humans went by the name of Adam and Eve. And God put them in a garden called Eden to take care of it and to name all the animals. And we scientists and lo still love to name the, the animals, don't we? It, it harkens back to that day. Well, Adam and Eve enjoyed fellowship with God and each other. And, and God gave them only one rule. 
not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But then Satan, Satan was an angel who rebelled against God. And he fell to earth and he took the form of a servant. And he tempted Adam and Eve to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In fact, Satan got Adam and Eve to question whether God was really good. Maybe you're still feeling that question today. Is God really good? God maybe is holding back on Adam and Eve. And we still at times wrestle with this question. Satan also tempted Adam and Eve with trading love for power and fellowship for this unending knowledge. In Genesis 3.5, it says, The day you eat of this tree, the serpent said, your eyes will be opened to you and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit and their innocence and love and power and fellowship was lost. They felt naked and ashamed. And ever since we human beings have been confused about what is good and what is evil. We sometimes mistake something good for evil and something evil for good. For example, we may think that unwanted, unborn babies or older people who are suffering are burdens to society. And so we kill them rather than seeing them as gifts from the Lord who are to be cared for and loved. Or we think we have a, a phone that helps us stay connected to everybody on social media, but we realize actually it's a distraction from life. And at times we don't really miss, we don't represent ourselves really well and we only show our good sides of life. We can summarize what happened in the day of the Garden of Eden. If God first of all made things, we broke them. We broke the world. This explains why there are fractured relationships and wars and rumors of war like what we're hearing in Ukraine. It explains why there are plagues and shootings and death and deadly viruses and all the other things that cause heartaches. Maybe some of those you brought in today. The good news is that I have today is God fixed. God fixed our biggest problems. In fact, our biggest problem of sin. He did so by sending his son Jesus to come to earth to live a, a perfect life and a sinless life and then to die on a cross for our sins and then to rise again. This is how God fixed the world. And if we believe in Jesus alone for salvation and for our new identity in him, we will have eternal life. That's a promise for you today. Many of us are still trying to fix our own problems. Remember, God will fix our problems if we would let him. And if we do, we are part of God's plan to redeem the world called All Made New. Did you realize that God someday is going to make a new heavens and new earth and all will be made new? We call this story the gospel. It's good news. Amen? I believe that good news at age five. When I showed up at Sunday school class and Donna Waggett presented the gospel on Easter Sunday. And I realized that my sin was in part what nailed Jesus to the cross. And as I look back, Jesus changed my life and has continued to change my life from someone who was selfish to actually, who's, who's naturally just would rather be by himself to somebody who actually loves people. 
Only God could do that. Or another way that Jesus has changed my life is from pursuing achievement, all that I could achieve, to knowing that everything good in my life actually comes from God, from what I receive from him. Now, each of us have heard the good news of Jesus Christ right now. And it took only a couple minutes. The question is, have you received Jesus as Lord and Savior and King? And if not, what's keeping you? What's keeping you from believing in this Jesus and following him? What I just told you were the foundational elements of the sharing of the story of Jesus Christ. The logos I used were something that Pastor Kyle Rohrer has created, and we now have up in our, our kids' wing. And in the coming days, we're going to put up a creation mural. So, you know, if you actually start in the indoor playground called the Woodlot, um, and, and imagine that this is the Garden of Eden, with there's a tree in there, except there's no forbidden fruit. And you walk down the hall, and you'll see a crack in the floor showing that we broke the world. And yet, as you continue down that hall, you'll, you'll hear the story about how, how God fixed the world through his sending his son Jesus. And ultimately, he's making things all new. We actually have, in this place, an opportunity for you to walk others, your friends and your neighbors and, and whoever, your, if mom's play date, the good news of Jesus Christ. We want to make available to you and resource opportunities to share this good news of Jesus Christ just by even walking through our building. Now, there are other ways to explain the gospel to, to, to people. Maybe you know some of them. Some of them are called the Romans Road or Two Ways to Live or um, Four Spiritual Laws. Here at Temple, we tend to use the three-circle approach. Remember how God originally designed the world. It was, a, it was a world full of love. And then, as we just talked about, Adam and Eve sinned, and they broke the world. And so many people, after the world has, has been broken, in order to escape the world, we try to pursue money and power, maybe pleasure, relationships. And, and yet, it's like a bungee cord. Those things keep snapping us back into this broken world. And we've seen this more and more, especially over these last two years. But the good news is that Jesus came in that bottom circle. He was the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And if we will turn and trust in him, then we'll be able to recover and pursue God's design once again. You can draw this on a napkin, can't you? It's something that we learned from Jimmy Scroggins, turning everyday conversations into gospel conversations. And if you, you can't get all that today, if you haven't had a chance to write it down, you can find it on our website. It's under the prayer. It's under the prayer web page on our website. Where are you in this picture, though? Are you still in brokenness up here? Or are you at the point of now turning and trusting in Christ? Letting him be your king who's ruling you, that his kingdom has come in your life and you're recovering and pursuing him. Where are you? These are the questions that we need to continue to ask ourselves. Well, as we began in 2022, we started a series called Bless. 
As we walk with Jesus, our goal is to bless those around us. That an acronym, our acronym comes from um, Canadian Pastor Daniel M. If you got it from Chicago. And by now, you got it. You got to help me out. You know this, right? In fact, today you even got a sheet. So the B begins with what? With prayer. And the L is listen. Listen for a need. Look for a need in others. Then after that, eat with people. I know it's super hard right now during COVID, but you can do through online or, or in some way. The whole idea is to have some type of fellowship with others. Then serve the need that you had listened for. And lastly, what we're focusing on today is to share the story of Jesus with others. And I would encourage you, if you just, you've already received this, this is a way of a helpful reminder that you are coming into church of, of how to do this in very practical ways to bless others. If you want this sheet, this blessed sheet, you can find this at the Welcome Center. You can put that in your, your discipleship binder. And this is a way just to, to continue to remind yourself. We want those tangible reminders of how you can bless others. Think back, though. We started this series with prayer, asking God to send forth workers into the harvest field. And today, we're actually believing God that he's going to He's going to answer that prayer and that you are going to be the answer to that prayer. That you're going to be part of that harvest workers who are sent out. That mission, that group of harvest workers sent out into this world to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And some of you are already doing this. Praise God for that. As you go into the harvest, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be wolves who will try to destroy you. But I remind you again, don't give way to fear. Jesus, the good shepherd, goes with you. You go in his name and in his strength and in his power. Continue to offer peace. Eat with others. Serve those needs. And share the story of Jesus even if rejected. So we're going to jump into Luke chapter 10. We've been working through Luke 10. And if you have your Bibles, please open them now. To Luke chapter 10, verse 9 through 16. If you want to look this up on your smartphone as well, please stand with me for the reading of God's word. We're going to look verses 9 through 16. And this is what Jesus said. He starts off with a command here in verse 9. Heal the sick in it, meaning the homes that they've gone to, those disciples have gone to. And say to those in those homes, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your own town that clings to your feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than that for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. But if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable than judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. The one who hears you, hears me, Jesus says. And the one who rejects you, rejects me. And the one who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. May God understanding to the reading of his word, you may be seated.
For all of us perfectionists, G.K. Chesterton once said, if a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. Evangelism is one of those things worth doing, even if you think you do it badly. I'm certainly not encouraging us to teach false doctrine, but in a lot of ways, evangelism is hard to do badly. Especially if you acknowledge that God um, sent his son Jesus, that, that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And you emphasize that repentance and obedience are required in following after him and, and having trust in him alone. I'm talking to us today who aren't evangelizing because we just don't think we're very good at it. All we need to do is tell us that Jesus has changed their lives and now that we want to offer that same peace with God, that transformation through Jesus. Of course, we must teach people how to grow in Christ and walk with them in their walk with Christ. But isn't it greatly comforting to know that you're not saving people? Jesus did that. Jesus rose from the grave. Our, our gospel presentation will not keep people out of heaven. Jesus is the one who saves people. Where our job is to be the heralds of, of good news. And, and this is what I find so comforting. Look again at, at that last verse I read. The one who hears you hears me. Whenever you are sharing the gospel, it's not just you sharing the gospel. It's Jesus sharing the gospel through you. Have you ever thought of it that way? And the one who rejects you rejects me. And the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. God the Father is sending you. And Jesus is proclaiming through you. That should empower you and me to share the gospel with others. We are announcing that the king is coming. The leader who will bring healing and peace to the nation. The leader who will defeat evil. The leader who will bring justice and make everything right again. This is the Jesus that we are announcing. And as we read the second part, go back to verse 9. The second part of verse 9. Jesus says, the tell, say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. That is the message. In fact, it's repeated in verse 11. Jesus, just for emphasis, says, Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. Will some still reject us? Yes, actually, Jesus spends quite a bit of time preparing his disciples and followers for rejection. That's what we read in verses 10 through 12. Whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to your feet and wipe it off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. And I tell you, it will be more bearable in that day for Sodom than for that town. Notice that bad news accompanies good news. As we cooperate with the Holy Spirit to, to fill them with the wonder of the good news of Jesus, People at the same time need to be warned that if they ignore and reject this good news, there'll be consequences. They'll miss out on a life with Jesus now and for all eternity. The place of rejection after we die is called what? It's hell. It's a place made for those who don't want anything to do with God. And so God gives them 
what they want. However, hell is a place of torment and great regret. The original FOMO, the fear of missing out, right? That's what, that's what Satan exploited with Adam and Eve. They thought they were missing out. Oh, God's holding back. That has now been redeemed by Jesus and has caused us and should cause us the fear of missing out with life forever with God. Give your life to Jesus today so you won't miss out on this eternal life. Otherwise, you and I will be left in a cloud of dust. This is what Jesus tells his followers to do if they reject his message. They are to wipe the dust off their feet. One scholar explains that when Jews returned home from a Gentile country, they would do that. They would, they would wipe the dust off their feet in order to say, you know what? These Gentiles, they really reject God. Well, that's what the disciples were to do. Say, these people are rejecting the words of life. As humans came from dust, we will return to dust. And for those who don't believe in Jesus, then essentially that's the end of the story for them. They will be swept away like a custodian after a construction project. Hell is a dusty place. I'd be remiss if I didn't warn us. Did you catch what it says there in verse 12? It will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Oh, Sodom. Sodom was the place that God destroyed way back in the book of Genesis after they committed all these sins, especially against Lot. He, God rained down fire and sulfur on Sodom. And it was destroyed because of the sins of sexual morality, homosexuality, pride, and being hospitable to the poor and needy. Look what Jude 7 says. It illuminates. Other parts of the scripture talk about Gomorrah. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual morality and pursued unnatural desire, that's homosexuality, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. So that's one of the reasons why Sodom was destroyed. But look at this next verse in Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 49. Behold, this was the guilt of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters had pride, excess of food, and prosperous ease, but did not aid the poor and needy. It's a lot of sins that Sodom committed. But look again at verse 12 of our, of our passage today in Luke 10. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Listen very carefully. In fact, there should be a, a holy fear that comes over us. Jesus is saying that there'll be greater punishment for those who have met him, have seen him work, than for those who don't see them but are stuck in their pride and their sexual morality and their homosexuality and their lack of care for those in need. Friends, judgment could be greater for us if we refuse to heed God's word. Why is this? It's because you and I have met Jesus. We were already introduced to him earlier in this message. In fact, some of us have known about Jesus for a long time. 
However, if we ended up rejecting Christ, and even if you've known Jesus in the past, we have to continue to walk with Jesus. Then we would be worse off in hell than Sodom. Hell contains different degrees of suffering based on our knowledge of Jesus. Often we think it's, it's the degrees of sin, the severity of our sins, but it's actually the knowledge of Jesus. Let me make this real. Let me bring it, make it personal. If I were to reject Christ, John Stairs, I believe that I would be in greater torment than Adolf Hitler who killed six million Jews and millions others. Why? Because I grew up in a Christian home as a third generation pastor. I went to a world-class Bible college and leading seminaries. I have, I have since been in God's word my whole life and from the time I started reading, this was the main book that I read. And if I reject Christ, after knowing all about him, my place in hell would be, would be greater. That is what Jesus is saying. I feel this fear of God greatly on me, but it doesn't paralyze me. It motivates me to walk with Jesus, and it partly motivates me to share the love of Jesus with others. Does it you? Jesus goes on to describe, verses 13 and 16, the pagan Phoenician cities of Tyre and, and Sidon. That would be kind of, if you can picture this, it's, it's along the Mediterranean coast, those ancient cities in, in modern-day Lebanon. And he says, but woe to Chorazin and Bethsaida. It's going to be worse off for you. Bethsaida was actually the hometown of Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John. Can you imagine hearing that about your hometown? And then he goes on and Jesus talks about Capernaum in verse 15. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You shall be brought down to Hades. Now we need to know that Capernaum was the place where the disciple Matthew, that was his hometown. And Jesus actually moved his base of operations and his ministry from, from Nazareth to Capernaum. Most of us love our hometown. Think about your hometown right now. Can you imagine if it was destroyed? How devastating that would be? And yet this is what Jesus is saying. That his hometown was going to hell because they rejected him. The religious and moral people were heading to greater torment than the homosexuals. Let's stop for a second. Do you and I need to repent of anything before the Lord? before we're sent out on this mission any further. Despite all that has been said today, some of us will still reject God's message, and that's super hard, especially when there are people we know and love. But Jesus prepares us to still go out into this mission field. This is long before Canadian entrepreneur Jason Comley invited, invented a game called the Rejection Therapy. Have you heard about the Rejection Therapy? Rejection Therapy is... Um, a game that uh, was invented to try to desensitize the, us to the pain of rejection. And it was made famous by this man named Jia Jian. Jia Jian was an immigrant from China. 
He came to the United States, and as a young man, he was rejected as a little kid. And um, it really bothered him. And then he learned about this rejection game. And so he said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put myself into situations so that I get used to being rejected. So the first thing he did is he went to a security guard, and he, he uh, asked for 100 bucks, $100. said, could you give me $100? And the security guard said, no, I'm not giving you $100. And, and, and Gia actually was, was videoing himself while he was asking for this 100 bucks. And he watched the video of himself afterwards, and he's like, wow. He just despised himself. He goes, i got to get better at this. And so the next plan that Gia did was he said, I'm going to go to some burger joint, and I'm going to ask for a refill on burgers, just like you can get a refill on, on soft drinks, right? And so he went to, up to the counter and he videoed himself and he asked for a refill on burgers and of course the, the employee at the restaurant is like, I'm not sure I know what to do with this. And they said no, but Jesus started to feel a little bit more comfortable with being rejected. Well, his next, his next experiment was he went, to, he went to an actual uh, stranger's house and knocked on the door, and he had a flower. He says, could I plant a flower in your backyard? And the stranger's like, no. And Gia's like, I know that sounds weird, doesn't it? But can I ask why not? And the stranger said, well, because, because I have a dog in the, that's in the backyard, and the dog's going to dig up your flower. But if you go across the street... And go to this neighbor, she loves flowers, and she'd love probably for you to, to plant another one. And that's what happened. Well, G didn't stop there. G actually went to Krispy Kremes. I know we only have, I think, one of them in Canada. But Gia actually went to the Krispy Kreme and said, you know what, could you do something for me? Could you make these donuts into the five Olympic rings? Which is totally appropriate, right? The Winter Olympics are starting. And, and the employee is like, wow, man, I don't know if we can make these donuts into Olympic rings when you think about it. And, and the employee actually went to work and made these, these donuts and made them into the Olympic rings. And it just helped him to overcome the rejection that he felt. What a reminder that Though some may reject us, in fact, many will reject us with this good news of Jesus Christ. So at times we maybe feel like God's telling us, putting out a sign, a wanted sign, person to speak for God, all content provided, failure guaranteed, no one will respond. So on one of those job sites that God would say, come on, please, my evangelist, you're going to be rejected. But I want to remind us today that some will respond. Some will respond. And you're proof of it. You responded, didn't you? You responded to the good news of Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that someone came and told you? And because of that, you have eternal life. And I have eternal life. I'm so glad for Donna Waggett, who shared the good news of Jesus Christ with me. Reminds me of last Sunday when Ben, a young Kansas City Chiefs fan from Minnesota, didn't give up on his team even though they were down 
Three points with 13 seconds left in the game. And in this viral video, have you seen this video? Ben is telling his family as they walk out of the room, his whole family are Chief fans and they think that, that the Chiefs have lost. And, and, and Ben's saying, they still have a chance. What are you doing? The game is not over. And then the video shows how the Chiefs went down and they scored and then they won in overtime. And this this kid's young faith in the Chiefs was so recognized that the two employees from Kansas City drove all the way up to Minnesota, knocked on his door, and said, is Ben home? And Ben came to the door and said, Ben, you so inspired us. Have you ever been to an NFL game? And he's like, well, I've been to a Vikings game. He says, well, you're going to today's game, the AFC Championship game. Isn't that awesome? It reminds us that if people are still breathing, they have a chance at something greater than watching a football game. They have a chance at eternal life. They have a chance to know Jesus. Brothers and sisters, let's bless them with that. There's not a greater blessing. To begin with prayer, listen for the need, eat with people, serve their needs, and share the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh God, thank you for this good news that has turned us from a life of selfishness and an eternity spent in hell. Lord, there's nothing greater that we can give people than this good news. Would you help us? Would you spur us on today? It's scary at times. We don't like the rejection, but let's remember, God, help us to remember that it's you that's proclaiming this message through your son, Jesus. That you are the hope of the world. And we pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords. And God's people said, amen and amen.